0: mentioned that yesterday was Confirmation Sunday and that at the 1030 service we will receive new members into our family of faith. So this sermon was both for the confirmants but for our new members but also for those of us who may have been here for quite some time. It is a reminder of the promises we make as people of faith. And the scripture this morning's sermon um, is from the Gospel of Matthew, 16th chapter, where Jesus asks the disciples, who are people saying that they think I am? But what's interesting in this passage is that Jesus doesn't refer to himself as the son of man but says, who are people, as the son of God, but asks, who are people saying the son of man is? The son of man is a very peculiar title title and scholars have debated for centuries what it means but it's the one that jesus most often uses about himself not the son of god but the son of man and then there is one of the responses from the disciples when jesus asks who am i and they he, they say some say you're elijah which means you're not the messiah but Elijah, if you've been to a Seder meal, is the precursor to the Messiah, the one who announces the coming of the one who will follow him. So listen closely to the answers of the question, who do you say that I am? Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Uh, Some some say you're John the Baptist. Uh, Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or or one of the other prophets. But Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. May these words, which once inspired the early church's hearts, inspire ours as well. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, isn't it, right? I mean, imagine the scene, you can only imagine it, we don't know, but the disciples are hanging around, a couple seated on a rock, a couple on the ground, and, and Jesus said, you know, I've been thinking, friends, you know, we've, we've been out in the countryside for quite a bit of time, but here we are in Caesarea Philippi, you know, a good sized city, a lot more people, a lot more dangerous there as well, by the way, but now that we're here in Caesarea, what, am, what are you hearing on the street? I mean, what's the word? And maybe one of the disciples said, what's the word about what? And Jesus said, who are people saying I am? And it depends on who you ask. The first one says, I don't know, some people say you're, you're John the Baptist. Yeah, uh, maybe a couple others chime in. I, I, I heard that too, John the Baptist might be the, the case. You know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. No, another disciple says, I've heard you were like Jeremiah. Or one of the other prophets, you know, those those people who name the chasm that exists between God's hope for our world and, and the actual world we live in. Yeah, some say you're you're a you're a modern Jeremiah. Some others have said, um, now you're Elijah, you know, the one who comes before the 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 big Messiah, the big the big one. All in all, pretty interesting report that they've heard on the street. Maybe they heard it in the stalls of the wine cellar in Caesarea Philippi. Maybe they heard it from people who were just uh, walking in the the marketplace. But all in all, a pretty interesting and wide-ranging report. John the Baptist, Jeremiah, prophet, Elijah, the one who comes before. But that's just a report, and reports are easy to give. But Jesus now asks them to testify to speak for themselves. So who do you say that I am, he says. What about you? What do you think? Now, yesterday, as I said, was confirmation and that question, what do you believe, what do you think about Jesus was central to the confirmation year. And what they said yesterday and affirmed before many of us and their family and their pastors in this congregation. And what the new members will say at the second service is to form a covenant with us in their response to some of those questions. Questions that really might be summarized as, who do you say Jesus is? What it really was yesterday, and will be at the second service, and should be for all of us in our own way each and every day is to publicly affirm our faith. Who do we believe Jesus is? We publicly affirm it by how we live out and serve others. I still think about the many times that I have promised in public to do something or be someone. Over the years, three times I have stood right here and promised to pray for and to pray with my children. It was their baptism. I was asked if I was willing to enter into the covenant of marriage and to share all the joys and sorrows of that new relationship. Almost 50 years ago, I told the confirmants so that they could figure out about know, how, how long ago I went through that. It was my Confirmation Sunday and I was asked, do I desire to be a member of the Church of Christ? And I shared with them that 34 years ago when I was ordained in the Christian ministry, I was asked the question, are you ready with the help of God to enter the ministry and serve faithfully in it. And then it was about 15 years ago that I served on a jury for a murder trial, and I was asked to raise my hand and respond to the question if I would faithfully seek justice in that case. And what ties all of those experiences together is that in each of those, I was asked to respond to those life-shaping questions with very similar response. I will with the help of God. I will with the help of God is what made those promises meaningful. It is the exact same response that we asked of our confirmants when they were confirmed yesterday. It is a similar response that our new members will speak, and each of you, when you joined this church, spoke as well that you would take this church to be your church, promising so far as in you lies to share its work, sustain its worship, love its members, but always with the help of God. And so yesterday, on behalf of the congregation, we asked the confirmants these questions. Questions that I shared with them are probably only time they will be asked all three of these questions in a moment. I asked them, do you believe that Jesus is the Lord and head of the church? I asked them if they promised to be a follower of Christ. I asked them if they would be willing to show as best as they're able and with the help of God, Christ's love and justice to the world. And you know what? Those are as life-shaping and life-changing questions As the one that Jesus asked of the disciples in the gospel of Matthew, Who do you think I am? Because you know it would have been way easier to ask the conference, it would be way easier to ask each other just simply, Do you believe in God? Do you even believe there might be a God? But to ask those questions is not nearly, not nearly enough. And we all know that there are terrible things that have been done in the name of God. Some people have expressed hatred in the name of a loving God. Some people justify their racism in the name of the God of justice and mercy. So what we are really asking, the confirmants yesterday, our new members today, what we should be asking of each other by our actions each and every day of every year, is what kind of a God do you believe in? And in the confirmation class, we ask that question all the time. But we framed it as, what do you think God is like? And one of the responses to that in confirmation and in our lives as well are from some of the stories or parables that we taught them in scripture. Parables that Jesus told us to describe what God is like. Surely you remember the story about the son who wandered to a far off land, who blew his share of the inheritance, begged, was going promised that he would go back and beg his father for forgiveness. He would drop to his knees. And as he made his way back before he ever got back to the the farmhouse, His father sees him and races out, doesn't expect him to beg for forgiveness, but instead the grace of God is symbolized in the embrace of the father, the loving parent. And what we would say in confirmation is that is what God is like. We remember the story of the woman who made a grave mistake, a mistake that society was not willing to forgive and was actually willing to punish the person with death because of it. And Jesus said to the disciples gathered around her, that whoever of you is without sin, cast the first stone. And then Jesus extended forgiveness to that person and a fresh start in life. And we would say to each other in confirmation, that is what God is like. And this year, I happened to lead confirmation at the beginning of Holy Week on Palm Sunday. And we talked about Holy Week, and then in particular about the Monday Thursday service. And there is, of course, in the scripture that remarkable story where, prior to it, the disciples were arguing about who might be the most important, and Jesus, in the remarkable act of humility, took a bowl of water, knelt down in front of them, and despite their protestations, in that act of servanthood, washed their feet. And one of the confirmants, I kid you not, said at the end, that's what God is like. Right, exactly. And it is to that God, made known to us in Jesus' love and forgiveness and humility, that our confirmants, our new members, and you and I who've been here for a long time, It is to that God that we should be publicly confirming and testifying in our words and in our actions, our desire to follow. I reminded the confirmants yesterday, that testimony, those questions they answered, is what made it such a big day. And I said to them, and I say to you, may God bless you and lead all of us on this journey of faith, which is only now beginning. Amen.